Our gospel reading this morning comes from the 15th chapter of St. John. I'm actually going to begin with a few verses prior to what is printed in your bulletin today uh, from this broader teaching of Jesus. Jesus has gathered His disciples together on the the night in which He will be betrayed, and and He offers this final uh, teaching. I am the true vine, He says, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Um, Every branch that bears fruit He prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you, so abide in me and I abide in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me, for I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. For this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one is greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends, and you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I certainly want to uh, wish a happy Mother's Day to those of you who are celebrating your mothers or mothering figures in your lives. Um, In our society, in our church, it's important to say thanks and and to encourage, of course, those who have had the distinct role of raising up a new generation of teachers, leaders, inventors. We also pray for those moms who have died, especially this past year. Just um, yesterday, we buried Liz Harry who had only been a part of this congregation for, I don't know, three or four years, a short amount of time, after she and her husband moved from the Shenandoah Valley. We scattered her ashes in the pastures of their farm in Steel Tavern, Virginia. It was just a beautiful location, a beautiful moment, quite honestly. Her kids chose Mother's Day weekend as a way to honor her memory and her zest for life. So, in whatever way you choose to honor Mother's Day, and we are fully aware that some are just not able to to honor Mother's Day today. We do hope that you will also remember to pray for all mothers around the world, especially those who struggle under the weight of sadness or oppression, that somehow they will find the strength and the grace to do what they have been called to do. 
This is also uh, graduation weekend for a lot of folks, uh, and so we want to commend them, uh, mainly for our college students. Some began graduating last weekend and this weekend, big graduation weekend, and even next weekend too, but we want to lift them up. We have several outstanding students who are crossing the stage in places like Lenoirine and Carolina and, and Catawba and App State. Congratulations to you and to your families. Uh, perhaps you're listening online, and, and uh, we, we just know that we will pray for you. And then, um, finally, a lot of people, and Alex, maybe you're, you're one of those folks, um, entertainers, not just entertainers, but those who love entertainment, they are celebrating this week because just a few days ago, I don't know if you heard, but the governor of New York announced that Broadway shows would finally resume September 14th. Hallelujah, right? I mean, they've been out for 18 long months, which is really quite incredible, actually. Uh, but it's expected that this next year will bring record crowds and record revenue, which is a big uh, and very exciting for Broadway fans. So if that's you, big deal, right? And you know, when I read that report, I had this wild sort of silly idea in mind, not really an idea, but a thought. I don't know why this just sort of suddenly appeared in my mind. What if it was the governor, or maybe it would be our, our bishop, Bishop Smith, who announced that in addition to Broadway opening up in September, God was going to be hosting a great big rally at the Panther Stadium in August. How about that? A rally for the whole world, maybe with live TV coverage and TV, I mean, internet streaming. God would show up, do something really cool and, and uh, impressive, and everybody would say, wow, that's God? Gosh, I didn't know that was what God was all about. Sign me up, and churches around the world would be overflowing with enthusiasts. I know I have some pretty weird dreams every now and then, but, and I know they're silly because, of course, that's not the way God works. God doesn't host concerts or rallies or pay-per-view events. We'll leave that up to Alex and to entertainers like that around this world. He doesn't need to prove something or to attract a big audience. Instead, God uses us. God uses His church. Rather than showing up on a big stage once a year, God does something so much riskier and far more daring and, and so preposterous that it just really sort of makes you scratch your head. God makes us the show. That means you and me. God proves Himself and displays Himself through the church, through us. And that's particularly evident, I believe, in today's reading from John chapter 15. So, I'd love for you to turn to that reading one more time. In particular, we're going to spend some time today on this beautiful fifth verse that is so very familiar when Jesus says to His disciples, I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, as I mentioned, Je Jesus is talking to His disciples on the night that He was betrayed, so it's just hours before He's going to be arrested and tried and beaten and, and, uh, and stripped and placed on a cross where He will be crucified and died. Um, it, Jesus says in those moments, they have no idea what's getting ready to happen to Him, but He certainly does. And Jesus gathers them close and says, look, no matter what happens in the coming moments or in the coming days throughout your journey, abide in me, and I will abide in you, and, and you will bear much fruit. Why? Because I am the vine, and you are the branches. And, and the only purpose of the vine is to provide nourishment for the branches so that they might bear an abundance of fruit. Don't you see? You've been created to be branches that bear much fruit. 
You know, I, I don't know about you, but in a day and age that's overwhelmed with negative news and political polarization, don't you think the world is ready for the church to step up to the plate and share that kind of message of Jesus, to be that message of Jesus, that message of love and reconciliation, of hope and peace and promise? There was a little boy who, um, who forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation. His mother, of course, was in the very front row, and she started to prompt him. She was gesturing to him. To, uh, she was sort of forming the words with her, with her mouth silently, with her lips, but it didn't help her one bit. Her, her son was just blank. I don't know, stage fright, something, who knows. But finally, she leaned forward, and she whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. And the little boy just beamed, and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice, he said, my mom is the light of the world. <laughs> Another way to say it is this, my mom is a big old branch that bears a whole lot of fruit. How about that? Maybe not. That might not be the best thing to say to your mama, but here's the point. God created you to bear much fruit. Now, here's how St. Paul says essentially the same thing in, in his letter to the Ephesians. God prepared you beforehand for the sake of good works. In, in other words, in the sanctuary of your mother's womb, God carefully created you to be someone who is fully capable of doing amazing things. Now, I, I know that in my experience as a pastor, and maybe you've experienced some of this as well, but what I hear far too often is far too many people that think they don't have anything to offer. Well, that's baloney, according to Jesus, in this final uh, teaching to His disciples. Far too many people believe that their life is, is meaningless. Baloney, Jesus says in John chapter 15. It's not meaningless in God's eyes. Uh, far too many people think that their days of doing anything worthwhile are long gone. But look, here's an important truth. God, the gardener, doesn't give up. God doesn't stop cultivating the soil around you. God doesn't stop pruning things. God never stops teaching us that with His eternal guidance and with your willingness, right, you will continue to bear fruit throughout your life, through all the days of your life. That never ends. Did you hear that? With God's guidance and with your willingness, you will bear much fruit. Again, verse 4 of today's gospel, abide in me and I will buy, and as I abide in you, and you will bear much fruit. Abide in me as I abide in you. Now, do we mess up sometimes in the way we bear fruit? <laughs> Absolutely. Do we get off base occasionally? You betcha. But Philip Yancey made an interesting observation once while listening to the Melpitas High School Orchestra attempt to play Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Now, raise your hand if you've ever heard a middle school orchestra or a high school orchestra attempt to play something pretty difficult, right? Sometimes great and not always great, right? And Philip Yancey said, look, they were awful. I mean, just terrible. He wrote this. I wouldn't be surprised if the performance made old Beethoven roll over in his grave despite his deafness. <laughs> After cringing his way through the whole performance, Yancey began to ask himself. He was just getting sort of personally agitated deep inside himself. Why bother? I mean, why inflict on these poor kids this terrible burden of trying to render what the immortal Beethoven had in mind? There's no way they would ever perfect it. But at the end of the performance, the crowd 
stood and cheered. And Yancey had a bit of a revelation. He wrote this, the Melpitas High School Orchestra will give some people in that audience their only encounter with Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Far from perfection, it is nevertheless the only way some will ever hear Beethoven's message. And that's true for us as well. The fruit we bear may not always be what the master gardener has in mind, but for some in this world, and friends, for some in our neighborhoods, and for some in our schools, where some places are rather rocky, where the soil is hard and it's hard to cultivate much of anything, it might be the only fruit that they see. And here's the thing. Jesus says that when we abide in Him and when we bear the fruit, uh, the fruit that will last for the sake of the world, then we and the world, by the way, will know a certain kind of joy that is indescribable. It's, it's the joy of the Father. It's not a fleeting emotion. It's not a temporary high, but joy that is of our heavenly Father, a joy that will make you complete. I mean, again, listen to what Jesus says in His final words to His disciples. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Well, are you looking for that kind of joy today? I am. I mean, are you tired of being negative and critical and down on the world and angry at people all around you? (laughs) Well, if you are, Jesus has a prescription, and it's immediately available to you. It is this, love one another as I have loved you. Something you can start today. The second you step foot out of this worship service, love one another as I have loved you. One final thought. Uh, Probably you've never heard of a woman named uh, Becky O'Connell. Becky is 65 years old from Chicago. She's in in the foster care world. She's known as the baby whisperer. (laughs) Back in 1999, Becky lost her youngest son, Ian, in a car accident. It devastated her. her. His death just totally broke her heart. She said that she looked like a normal person on the outside, but deep inside she was far, far from it. One day she read an ad in the paper from a local adoption agency asking people to become temporary foster parents for newborns. There was a a real desperate plea for, for helpers, and Becky thought that sounded like her dream job. And sure enough, she takes an average of seven babies per year for anywhere from one night to four months at a time. These babies have have so often come from abused situations or they have been abandoned in one way or another. So, So she gives them exactly what they need, her undivided attention and love. I can only imagine what she whispers to them. You are loved, she says. God loves you, she says, and so do I. So abide in that love. What a beautiful way for someone to bear fruit, don't you think? May we do the same. Amen.